Well, nice to have you listening on a Friday afternoon and you've tuned in at just the right moment because I'm joined by Nicola Tuki for Critter of the Week. Hi, Nicola. Good afternoon. How are you? The famous Nicola Tuki. Already quite famous. Famous from her slots on RNZ on a Friday afternoon. Famous for being the young woman on the uh, gate at Auckland Airport um, holding a kiwi or some such. (laughs) Fam- I, I was still young in those photos. Well, yeah. I'm still going, still going. Famous for a, a fantastic book that she's written and releasing later in the year. Famous for being CEO of Forest and Bird and about to be TV famous. Whoa, that's a lot. Yeah. I just, that, I just felt a little bundle of nerves then. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not watching TV anymore. Ah! <laughs> Are you... You're blooming better. You're better on Monday because uh, it's it's finally happening. Uh, so so that the show Endangered Species Aotearoa I, has had what I would call a cetacean-like gestation. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I think we finished filming a year ago. So um, oh man, yeah, we're slow can, in TV world, eh? Yeah, and I can barely remember what I did, you know, yesterday. So um, it's going to be great fun watching it because it'll be like, oh, that's right. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's very exciting. There's been uh, everyone uh, in my community except for me has has apparently seen the ads. Every time I run to check to see if the ads are on, either Hunter <laughs> wants to watch something else on TV or it's just been on or whatever. So uh, <laughs> what's the format? Uh, so uh, it's it's format that they actually um, it's borrowed from overseas. So they they did a version of this in Finland, oh. I think, a few years ago. And the format is that there is a, a, a I think they're calling me a biologist. So there's you know a naturalist yeah. or a, not a naturist. Yeah. To be clear, it's not that kind of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> well, a, unless uh, the ratings start to flag, <laughs> then we're like, we've got some bad news. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's the only one way we can get people to watch um, television these days. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Uh, and a comedian, um, and so in this case, uh, that is Pax Asadi. Yeah, the brilliant Pax Asadi. Uh, the very brilliant Pax Asadi. And the so, sometimes yeah, annoying we... Pax Asadi. Yeah, actually, that is quite funny, and I think that does come through on the show. He described me the other day because I saw him the other day uh, in Auckland, and uh, he was um, he was with Hayley Sproul, so his co-host for I don't know. He's he's, on, he's a juggernaut. He's yeah. on all the shows. Yeah, yeah. So he's on the baking show. Anyway, and I said to them, you know, do you fight? Do you two fight like Pex and I fight? And he went, no. Because Haley's like my favourite cousin, and you're like my annoying older sister that just says don't all the time. <laughs> uh, so yes, but we had an absolute ball. So what a privilege we got to, um, you know, travel all over the country to some of the most amazing places to see our incredible wildlife, which never gets, you know, never gets a shot on TV. No. We're always looking at blooming lions and tigers and bears. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, we are very excited about it, and yes, you'll see a fair bit of banter between myself and oh. Pax, um, most of which is me forgetting that the cameras are running the whole time. Um, <laughs> We're very proud of you, that... Nicola. Hey? We're very proud of you. Oh, thank you. Fine. I'm just excited to, to be able to bring it uh, to people's living rooms, because yeah. I reckon it might make people fall in love with the nature as much as you and I Yeah, are, it's going to be example. a hit. It's going to be a hit. When's it on? Uh, 8.30, TV1, 
starts on Monday night. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoy it uh, as much as we enjoyed making it. What's your lead in? That's a big question. Fair go or something, oh. hopefully. No, the no lead in is Nigel Latter, so oh. no pressure, Nigel. But, no, that's good. You know, yeah, you, you better you better bring the crowds. That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, as always, I hope for a deep plunge in the ratings between seven and seven thirty. But hopefully, then people will tune in in time for Nigel Latter <laughs> and then for yourself. Well done. Yeah, well and done. Actually, thank you. And last thing that I would say is. Um, I fought quite hard to get uh, the location of the first episode, um, you know, as part of our as part of our tour, if you like, uh, which is the Aoraki, Mount Cook National Park, mm. and the Mackenzie, and it is a it's beautiful, it's an mm. absolutely stunning one, and of course because I spent a chunk of my childhood there, it's a pretty special episode for me. Great, thank you. Did you find any devils, coach, horse, beetles in your travels? No, but I, look, I wish we had. Uh, this is a nasty-looking thing, eh? Yeah. So, uh, and I mean, the name says it all, right? Devil's Coach Horse Beetle. Uh, and it kind of reminded me, um, we have dusted off Lord of the Rings at home and have trying to introduce it to Hunter, who's sort of in two minds about it at uh, almost 10. Um, and the, it, the Devil's Coach Horse Beetle feels like something you would find on Lord of the Rings. So, um yes. It, it And part of the reason for that is its name comes from a sort of old school European belief uh, from the Middle Ages that uh, the devil took the form of these beetles uh, to eat the dead bodies of sinners, which is pretty bleak, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad yeah. we passed that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it kind of wasn't far wrong because it is actually part of what we what we describe as corpse fauna. So corpse fauna are exactly as they sound, which is a, a group of critters that love dead things, right? And so they are basically uh, living their best lives, hoeing through uh, dead and decaying bodies of other previously living things. Uh, and this corpse beetle is a, a rove beetle right and and let's just briefly I and mean, we've talked about this before but there are 40 percent of all insect species in the world are beetles right so yeah. they they are fairly ubiquitous across the the global landscape um and rove beetles which i just i love the name i've just all i can think is like a you know like a, a land rover defender or, or whatever um uh, they love the smell of corpses and th they basically are one of the first insect responders if there's a fresh carcass, but they're not eating the dead stuff. They're like serious predators of the creatures that are eating the dead stuff. Ah. So they, <laughs> they I I, are... I don't know if that's better or worse. I think it's worse. I think yeah. it makes them even more macabre, right? Like, um, so, you know, something dies... And nature takes its course, and you end up blowfly maggots and things like that starting to, you know, recycle, um, uh, which, you know, we're all destined to be one day. Happy Friday. Um, <laughs> and these things turn up and start snatching the things that are eating the dead thing, right, which is just awesome. So, um, you know, uh, you got to think of a, a dead body in terms of it being an, its own ecosystem, which basically supports a whole raft of different life forms. So whether those are maggots or beetles or whatever, but yeah. these these guys swing in. They're quite in, like impressive looking, uh, and they will 
basically use their pincers to grab, say, a blowfly maggot and then yoink it and then take off with it and devour it somewhere else. And if you want to really hear something even more disgusting than that, they have been (laughs) seen grabbing an adult blowfly as it was laying eggs on a carcass, ripped it open with its, like, really needle sharp jaws and then ate the eggs from inside the blowfly's abdomen. Uh... Better living, everyone. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> um, so you can imagine something like that, you know, no wonder we've always had somewhat of a of an aversion to them. They also they lay their eggs inside the dead stuff. Their larvae are also predators. Um and the beetles emit a foul substance from their abdomens that essentially smells like rotting fish. Um, and, you know, so they just everything about them is disgusting, and uh, they can also bite you, and it's quite painful. So, and they 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 can fly. So many of New Zealand's insect fauna, particularly beetles, don't fly. These ones can, and they unfurl these long kind of membranous wings, um, but they prefer to just scuttle around and and snatch up unsuspecting carrion feeders, which. I mean, all of that is just like vomit in your mouth stuff. Um, but I, I I like to always think of a silver lining, right? If you think about the fact, so, you know, Jesse, you and I, you know, when we when we get a moment, we like to um, engage in a little bit of trapping, yes. a little bit of predator control. Yeah. Yeah. So if you think about everything going on across the New Zealand landscape now in terms of all the dead stoats and hedgehogs and... Gosh, I don't really want to say feral cats given uh, yeah, my yeah. proximity in yeah. the North Canterbury landscape, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, these these are an absolute, uh, you know, beetle godsend because they're out there, you know, hoovering up the things that are hoovering up, making it recycled, keeping it all tidy. Yeah, and interesting that they're obviously native to New Zealand, but... They wouldn't have had these mammals to uh, <clears throat> to treat as hunting grounds back in the day. I guess it would have been moa and, and birds. Uh, yeah, I imagine so, and um, presumably then people. And uh, oh, yeah, people. I mean they they have obviously. Well, you know, I'm thinking back in early New Zealand days. Um, they are also found all over the North and South Islands, even out to the Kermadex and the in the Chathams, as well as the Auckland Islands. So they do all right in terms of their life strategy. Um, so, you know, and, you know, I can't remember where I heard it, but I once heard an entomologist talk about, you know, what would happen if we didn't have uh, insects, you know, that do this kind of work, if you like. Uh, and the basically we would be kind of six feet high in dead and decaying matter within a number of years uh, right around the world. So yeah. these are critical um, deliverers of very important services um, for us. If you think about, you know, the, the rubbish truck coming to pick up your rubbish once a week, these are doing the same thing but getting rid of all the dead stuff and turning it into new life. Um, let's talk about its appearance. Well... I think, I mean, this one, they they, they have a scary, uh, they have a whole lot of scary lifestyle habits and they look scary, right? They look kind of almost more like an earwig than a beetle because they have this long, flexible body and they can actually turn their abdomen up like a, um, like a scorpion, if you like. And the belief was that if they did that towards you, you were cursed 
by the corpse beetle and they're shiny and black uh, and they have um, the, the the one that we have in New Zealand has like looks like someone's gone crazy with orange blush and so they have these orange spots right next to their eyes which um, makes them very easy to determine our devil's coach horse beetles. They're only about two centimetres long though so I've, I've made them sound really really scary because in my mind they're about two feet long they're not they're two centimetres long. How would you rate the physical attractiveness of Creophilus oculatus on a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah, I, I'm not even going to try and floss it up. I reckon it's a 2. Yeah. For all of the things that are disgusting about it. It's got hairy legs, it's got a hairy <laughs> bum, uh, and it looks like it's it deserves its life habits. Yeah. Hairy legs and a hairy bum. <laughs> Haven't heard that on a credit of the week before. Two out of ten it is, and people can check out the beetle for themselves. rnz.co.nz slash jesse. You can hear the sickness in my voice. I apologise, by the way, for the croakiness. Nicola, it's time for me to take a weekend, and thank you so much. Good luck with the show on Monday night. We will all be watching, and I'll try and remind listeners to check it out then. Thanks, Jesse. You look after yourself. Yep, I'm staggering off to a sick bed. Here's Wallace Chapman in the panel.